our heavenly father. No other name like this name. He supplied our every need according to his riches in glory. God bless you. You may be seated. We're going to let our classes go back. They're going to make their way back in here about 1130. We'll be honoring the fathers and dads of this congregation this morning. And happy Father's Day to each one of you. Appreciate you coming and those that came to be with their dads. Amen. In service this morning, God bless you for taking out the time. Amen. I told the fathers Friday night that, man, taking out the time to come and to fellowship and to spend some time. And it didn't matter which role and maybe some fulfilled all the roles of either a grandfather, a father, and a son. Amen. But we're so glad that you have taken out time this morning. Time is precious. Amen. And you know what? Everybody's got, everybody's got the same amount of time. And it doesn't matter how rich or poor you're in this house this morning. Everybody's got the same amount of time. An hour to one is the same thing as it is to another. Amen. And so, but we're thankful that you have taken out time to come. Amen. Not only to be with your earthly dad. Amen. But you come, amen, to be in the presence of our heavenly father. Amen. Call none other but Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. He's a father and a creator of all. And I'm glad to be a part of his kingdom. I'm glad to take on his name. How about you? A lot of people talks about names. And there is an importance about name. Amen. Proverb talks about it. Amen. A good name's better than great riches and rubies and things of that nature. To have a good name. Amen. And I'm glad to be a part of a good name this morning. That name being Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the name. How about you? In fact, we're going to be persecuted for the name. And people that carry on the name and the responsibility of the name is going to stand out. They're going to be different. They're not going to be like everybody else. I'm glad I wasn't baptized in just titles. I'm glad I was baptized in a name that's got power in heaven and earth. Titles don't give you much authority, much power. Amen. I'll tell you right now, they pass all the bills they want to this morning. But your president, if he signs it president, he won't go into action. He's got to sign it with his name. I'm glad there's one signed his name to my life. I'm glad there's a name that I found that can wash away my sins. I found I found a name that can drive the demons away. I'm glad I found a name that he don't know he no problem diseases and afflictions. Hallelujah. Nothing too small or too great for my heavenly father. Amen. A name above every name. Man, I'm talking about a good name. Hallelujah. Powerful name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. We just good to see everybody here today. and We got a good lesson. I'm going to just kind of, I'll, I'll mingle it in all said and done as far as with the Heavenly Father. Because it's, it's a lesson about forgiveness. And, and uh, you know, uh, we've had special guests with us a couple of Sundays. So, and we taught one of the last lessons since the authority of forgiveness. And using that authority. And what a, what a powerful tool that God's blessed us with. I'm telling you this morning, the, the ability to forgive. Oh, hallelujah. A good father will always forgive. A good father will always find the means and the ways. Hey, I'm going to forgive. Regardless of how wrong it was done and how it went about. Amen. If they're willing, amen, to get it right, I'm willing to forgive them. And I'm not going to hold it over their heads either. 
Oh, I just wonder how many earthly families would still be together today if they'd have just got a hold of that tool of forgiveness and activated it into their lives and into that situation and purposed in their minds and hearts and spirits. Amen. We're not going to let this incident ruin us. We're not going to let this incident, amen, rob us and kill the whole family. No, we're going to get together and find some forgiveness. We're going to get it in a place, amen, that it won't be brought back up. That's the reason the Bible taught, amen, that when we make true confession of our sins, our Heavenly Father is willing to forgive us. He's ready. You're going to see that in this lesson this morning. He's ready to forgive us. He's sitting on go every single day. Why does he start every day, amen, full of compassion and mercy and grace. Every day he starts it out that way. He starts it right back out to the beginning. If you and I are willing to confess and make it right with him, I tell you, our Heavenly Father is ready to get it right with us. He's standing on ready, honey. I tell you, he's full-blown ready, amen, to forgive. This nation, if my people humble themselves, my people called by my name, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wickedness and I'll heal their lands. Honey, the best thing you and I can do for our Heavenly Fathers, amen, for our nation, the fathers of our nation, is to pray that they get a hold of this. That's one thing that's wrong with the White House. That's one thing along with a lot of houses. Amen. Because we have forgot how to forgive. No, we want judgment. We want to get things in our hands. and We want to see them. You know, they deserve what they're getting. No. I'm glad I know something about forgiveness this morning. Amen. I'm glad I've been on both sides of the Amen. And you know what? Before the day's over, I might be on both sides again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sometimes you don't intend to, but this a worth vessel sometimes gets you in trouble. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. That's the reason a lot of men went to building, you know. I ain't gonna say that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At your doghouse, yeah, that's my doghouse. He's got an air conditioner in it, yeah. <laughs> I spent about as much time there as I do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But no, no, we've been blessed and God's been good to us. And you know what? I want to be good to others. Amen. So this morning, our lesson's on 70 times 7. 70 times 7. Man, it didn't got a hold of the Apostle Peter. He didn't listen to him to prior verses. What was unfolding, and, and then it goes back, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, and we're going to try to watch the time, but at the same time, I'm, I'm telling you, church, if we can really get a hold of this forgiveness business and use the authority of it, we'd be shocked, amen, what happened in our own country, in our world today. I want to be a part of it. How about you? Amen. Focus Verses this morning is going to be found in Matthew 18, 21, 22. Then came Peter to him, talking to, about to Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? I mean, how many times I got to let him by with this? If you keep an account, you never forgave him the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it really don't matter. You're not going to get too far in the count anyway if you keep in the count, okay? So there's a reason why the Apostle Peter is asking this. If I understand right, the Jews had been taught, the, 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 the Jewish fathers had, had taught them three times. Now, at least... At least Peter, he got above that. 
He said, I forgave him till seven times. Seven times. <laughs> but Jesus' response, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So that's about 490 times. Amen. That's a lot, but you can't, you know, again, you can, if you start counting, you know, it's kind of like the little, the little tail, and I'm sure it's a tail, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, y'all heard about the little farmer got his wife and headed home, and amen, and on the way home, the mule wasn't doing right, and he told the old mule, that's one. In a minute, the mule acted up again. He said, that's two. Amen. Again, that mule acted up again. He Wife looked over at him and said, yeah, it's something about you. You didn't have to do that. He says, that's one. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that may not have went over real good. But, but that, ain't, that ain't the way you work forgiveness, okay? All right? That's the point here. You know, to forgive, you've got to have long suffering. You've got to be kind. You've got to have the fruits of the Holy Ghost. You know, to really forgive, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Can I, can I put it that way? To really be a forgiving person, it really helps to have the Holy Ghost. Because it helps you in a lot of other areas to uh, be able to attain this and walk in this manner and form. And that's really what it's all about. Because our Heavenly Father is always ready to forgive. Amen. He's ready to wash it away. That's the reason the scripture says that he puts our sins as when we confess them. And he forgave us. He put them into the sea of forgetfulness. He puts them as far from the east to the west. And he didn't say north and south because there's a north pole and a south pole. But there's no, no ending to east from the west. Amen. My wife mentioned something about a situation. Somebody prophesied about somebody supposed to get them a, a lady from the east. And, and they mentioned somebody and she was to the west. And I told her, I said, well, if he goes far enough east, she'll be to the east. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, so that's the way our sins are. And with God, when we, when we ask for forgiveness and we mean it, I'm telling you what, He puts them away from us. And He doesn't remember them. Thank God for that. And so we have got a, a beautiful lesson here today. Truth about God, a forgiving God requires us to what? To forgive others. I'm not asking for a response here, okay? But let me just, let me lay this out here. How many of us really believe that God has forgiven us? And if we really experienced that forgiveness, and there's not a cloud hanging over us, or a, a heavy weight inside our hearts, our spirit, that opens the door up for us to be able to forgive others. It really does. And so, if we struggle with forgiving others, could it be that we've really never approached God and got true forgiveness for ourselves is the real core and root problem. Because until you and I really experience that type of forgiveness, we really struggle with the other. Okay? So we, we got a, a beautiful lesson, I'm telling you. Truth for our life. I must forgive others as Jesus has forgiven me. I must. It's a requirement. Folks, this is one of those doctrines that's a hell and heaven issue. 
Now, you won't hear that across most pulpits, okay? But you're going to hear it here because it's the truth. It's what this lesson's taught us. If I'm not willing, if I'm not willing, before I even do it, if I'm not willing to forgive, there's got to be a willingness first. I'm ready. I mean, I would get this behind us. That's the reason Paul said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Hey, sobbed the issue. If it's any, any way you can, you get it sobbed. Don't let it escalate. Don't let it grow. Don't let it grow into something else. Amen. An all-out war. And when after two or three generations, they say, what are we fighting over? I don't know. That's what they've done. And they've done it before that generation. <laughs> Come to find out it's over a pig. So we're something that don't even really, a pig, man, we got hundreds of them. What do you mean? But that's, that's the way it works. So as we, we go into the lesson itself, and, and I want to use mostly scriptures here this morning again. And, uh, and so we just, we're going to actually back up a little bit even in here in Matthew to help us. to but What brought us to this point? What brought us to the place where... The Apostle Peter is asking the question that he, he approaches the Lord as about what's going on. Did you know that it really starts about the kingdom of heaven? It's what kicks this thing off. And when you go back to verse 1 in Matthew, and, and Mark helps us out when you go to Mark 9. And we'll, we'll, we'll address some of that as, as time allows us here this morning. Um, you know, sometimes we may feel like that the disciples done just everything so perfect. But you're going to see even this morning that they had some struggles within themselves. Of who was going to be the greatest. And who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And, uh, and so this is kind of where this begins to kick off. And, and so in, in, in Matthew 18 and 1, it simply starts this way. And at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We want to know who's the greatest. Well, they was looking at him to start with. I mean, I mean he's going to be the greatest in heaven, Jesus Christ himself. So we, we realize sometimes we just, we can miss some things. We just, we can overlook some, some things. And, and, and no doubt, as we know, that even the John and James, and, and, and they, they got their mother to come in and question to Jesus and about when his kingdom set up. Would they have permission, have the right to sit on the right and left-hand side. And even Jesus himself says, I don't have the one. I'm not have the authority, but that's because my father. And he's not preaching to there. It just, again, you got to start dividing that to the fleshly man, a man from God, God the Spirit. God is a spirit, okay? Rules and reigns and all the affairs, the coming of the Lord, and some things are still in God. And, and the, 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 I, can't, I don't have time to go through it, okay? So I'm just going to have to move on from that one. You're just going to have to trust me a little bit in some of this. And, but so what? They was, they was looking for positions. And, and, and that's still true today. A lot of people, amen, the positions they want, and uh, it, it's, it could be about money, but it's not always about money. People like power. They like authority and uh, to use it. And some may misuse it. And there's a lot of things that happens. And so, but here, they're, they're looking for the position in the kingdom. 
kingdom of heaven. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so he begins to deal with them. And it takes him about 30-something verses. And But watch what he does. Watch, And I won't try to spend too much time here. But, but, but watch as he begins to talk to them. And even in here with Matthew, a man, as he, he deals with some things that leads up to this question about Peter who and it watch it it's about offenses let me add are we living in a world today that's full of offenses are we living in a world today it's easily offended are you easily offended <laughs> I'm sorry praise God we're in this world and believe it or not we, we you know we're, we're living in a world that people's easily offended over the things you know you can cut them off on the road you can wear the wrong cap you can say the wrong little words and and you know can say you know things and use uh, 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 terms that refers to colors and uh, I mean it just grows and it just you know multiplies and, and and you know why we're living in a world that's so full of offenses because we're living in a world that's an unforgiving world because you're fixing to find out this morning these things tied together. Because when you and I are unwilling to forgive, we live with our feelings on our shoulders. And we live with our feelings sticking out. Hmm. Okay? And uh, it, it, it works against us. And so he starts this off. By offenses, offending people. So he gets this little child and he brings, and one writer says he sits in beside him. Here he brings him into their midst and he says, Unless you become as this little child to get into this kingdom business, to get into the kingdom of heaven, that's, that's what we all, we're all we're seeking after that. We want eternal life. We want to go to heaven. But to get in that, we got to get into this kingdom, that kingdom that's not of man, but of God. Amen. And we know the kingdom's not meat and drink, but it's what meat and uh, uh, peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. This is a kingdom. But you know what? Even in this kingdom, it's just the down payment. It's just the earning. It's not the fulfillment of it. But now, so we're on a journey, and we're on a progress that's going to uh, continue until we leave this life. And so he begins to work with the disciples as they approach him about this. And so he brings a little child out and presents him a man. And he goes as far as telling them of this little child, if you offend, if anyone offends us, he would have been better off to take a millstone and tie it. Now, a millstone is the largest stone. It's called, a lot of times in their time, it would have been called a donkey stone. And this stone was used for grinding. And so it's a pretty good-sized stone. And we'd been tied around him, and he would have been cast out into the sea. And that individual that offended one of these little ones, he would have been better off, he said, if this would have happened to him. And then he goes from that, and he begins to talk about a lost sheep and how that the lost sheep, how that he's willing to leave the 99 and search and find that one lost sheep. And so what we're talking about, the kingdom of heaven we're talking about uh, how to get into this kingdom and how how to, to possess this how to be a part of it because the scriptures have taught us amen that even Jesus Christ have taught us that if we've overcome a few things he says I'm going to make you ruler 
an overcomer of, of, of cities and things of this nature. So, so there are some things laying out there. Now, you don't hear a lot of preaching about that. You don't hear a lot of people talking about that. Most everybody wants to talk about the little, little hut on the side of the road up there and the little cottage, amen, and things of this nature. And, and, and you know, probably that's not even going to happen. A lot of people are probably going to be surprised. In fact, John saw the city coming down. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, when you start going into it, and it's got gates, and there's a river, and people's coming in and out of those gates. So there's a lot to this heaven business, but we want to be a part of it by all means. And so as he even progresses from that, it comes to the place in the 15th verse, and it comes to the point now, trespassing against a brother. Now, Jesus is still doing all the talking. Nobody's, nobody's interceding. Nobody's. So when you look at the 15th verse, you begin to see. And he says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. That's the best way to handle it the first time. Don't call this and don't call that one. Don't talk about it. Don't gossip about it. Don't get everybody else involved. Now, you know what prevents that from ever happening? Because you're, you're willing to forgive. But if I'm unwilling to forgive, I'm probably not going to get along with them. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to go get her here and get me two or three more, and I'm going to start this thing up. Because I want them to look as bad as, and I want them to justify me and say, yeah, you ought to feel that way, and you ought to act. Because I'm not willing to forgive. But if vessel's willing to forgive, they, they want to try to, they want to get this thing sobbed. Before it gets blown out into out of control. And so that's what the Lord is helping us to. As he's talking to the disciples. And helping them to see. Even among themselves. Because they was fussing. Go back to Mark 9. You're going to see as, as he had distanced himself. And, and they was fussing and fighting. Who was going to be the greatest among them. Even to the point that when they finally get up close to him. He says, hey, what was all the fussing? And they wouldn't say. They was afraid to say. But he knew their thoughts. He already knew their conversation. He knew what had happened. And we'll talk about that a little more right at the end of the lesson. Lord, help us out. And so it goes from that. He says, if he's not willing, that individual's not willing to listen, he said, go get your one or two brothers or sisters and, and go again. Now, still, you don't get a whole bunch involved. You just get one or two. One or two you can trust that needs a witness to help talk to. And let's see if we can get this thing resolved. See if it, because here there is such a willingness, say, amen, to forgive and get this situation dealt with. Amen. And, and so if they're not willing to do that, then you bring them to the church. And that willing to the church, he said, okay, if they're not willing to listen to the church and listen to nobody, and they're not willing to receive it in other words they reject a man watch what he says he says treat him like a heathen or a publican why did Jesus use those two terms a heathen was was treated like as a wasn't a Jew any longer that would be like treat him like a non-christian Come on, folks, this thing is this thing got a lot of depthness to it. A lot of that's the reason that you and I have to have to make sure we're gonna work on this spirit and to keep it alive in our lives to forgive. To forgive. We're not gonna let things build up. We're not gonna let things, amen, lodge into our hearts and into our spirits and into our minds. And because it will bog us down. Why is that so important? All right. Has anybody, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about what? The works of the flesh. 
Anybody ever seen the picture, especially like in my Bible uh, uh, study, and it shows the guy that's got all this stuff and he's got him. Unforgiveness will it'll weigh you down. It, it, it may not be much to start with, and you can handle it for a day or two, or a week or two, or maybe even a year or two. But after a while, it starts, it, that, that right there starts building up, and it starts, things start catching and, and connecting to it. And after a while, first use, you know, it's weighing you down, not the one you're not willing to forgive. The burdens got a hold of you now. And life becomes a struggle. And in that, that struggle and that pain and, and uh, you know, at one time you didn't mind jumping up and running and getting the mail. Until you start getting some of these other folks' ages and then it changes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you go get the mail. Nobody wants to go get the mail. <laughs> Come here, girl. Come here, baby. Go out there and get that mail. You don't want to go. Why? Because life and it's not as. And so that's what happens with sin and not willing to forgive. And, and, and all of a sudden you find yourself you're a whole lot easier to be offended. Go back and read the chapter now. It, it's in there. And, and you know, the, the, the easier it is to become offended, the more unwilling you are to, to forgive. It builds. And, and after a while, what will happen to us, amen, we'll begin to justify it. And we'll, be, we'll start looking for means and ways, and we're going to find ourselves in trouble. And so Jesus is addressing this. Jesus is dealing with it, especially with, with Peter. Remember, now he's the apostle. Man, if, if from all accounts, if he thought it, he was willing to ask. He was willing to step out there. He was willing, <laughs> amen. And so as you watch this unfold, and it took place, and then, then came Peter to him and said, Lord... How oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. And I didn't mention this. Uh, the Jews had taught, you know, about three times was pretty sufficient. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people. And I've heard this statement. And uh, I, I'm trying to be careful not to be that way. But, you know, if, if you wrong me. And, I, and I've heard people say this. Well, if he wronged you one time, shame on me. But if he wronged you two, you know, the second time, then shame on you know, shame on him or shame. Then the second time is shame on me. But, but here we get back to this forgiveness stuff. Because when you go back to this and you start reading even a few chapters prior to it, Jesus was dealing with the disciples about giving and those that come and, and borrow stuff and how you handle them and how you respond to them. And all it's all about humanity. See, you and I, we understand as disciples of Jesus Christ that this whole world is really, it's really not about the birds and the bees and it's about the animals and and all of that. No, that dominion has been given to mankind. But, but the, real, the real heartbeat of God is humanity. And it's about souls. And it's about the destination of where we're going to go. And how we're going to represent him in this life. But not only in this life. But when that hour and when that moment. And he's fixing to show all this in this parable. Unto the apostle Peter. Of what's fixing to unfold. And what's really going to take place. And what you and I have got to look for. And so when he moves from that. Jesus said unto him I say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times seven so that brings us somewhere around 490 times amen that we have got to be willing but not only willing if they meet the requirements if they come and ask for forgiveness now you know uh, and I'm not trying to look for a loophole here okay 
But uh, if, if an individual really means that they want forgiveness, uh, that's kind of a lack of repenting too, okay? That means you're going to quit doing that. You can't say you're sorry and then an hour later just do it again and just say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And, you know, about the third time and the third hour, you know, you're doing it again. Uh, there may be some problems there. Amen. Why? Because you're not really willing to, to, re- to make what's right. Uh, but, but you know what? You and I still got to be willing. I'm still going to forgive them. I'm going to try my best to forgive him for whatever even happens. Listen to what Jesus, and you remember the lesson two weeks ago, how that Stephen, amen, was willing to forgive when they were stoning him and they was gnashing upon him and he forgave them. I hopefully if I forgive them for they know not what they do. And so, so here, that's the reason it's important for you and I as Holy Ghost filled people, amen, to walk in the spirit, not the spirit of the world or in our spirit, but in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Because when you and I walk in the spirit of Jesus Christ, we understand who the real enemy is. We understand where the real power and the force of evil is coming from. It's not necessarily from that individual as much as from the devil himself that's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a place, amen, that he can shoot a fiery dart because he's after your soul. He's after to your eternity. He's looking for an opportunity, amen, to put something in your spirit and put something in your heart and in your mind, amen, that he can start using his leverage against you. And sometimes leverage doesn't take very much, but he's willing to work on that leverage. And so he'll just make passes by and use certain little terms at times and build up things. Amen. Why? Because he's after your soul. He's after you, your eternity. He's trying his best, amen, to pollute us. He's trying his best to destroy us. And he, he, he's, I'm telling you, he's a destroyer. He's a liar. He's a father of all lies. The devil is a liar. And he'll use whatever situations he can because he don't want you to forgive. He doesn't want you to forget about it. Let me ask you something. Who brought the attention of the tree to, to, to uh, Adam and Eve or to Eve that day in the garden? Who brought the subject of the tree up? It was the serpent. Things that you would never think about. Things that you would never pay any, take any notice to. It's that servant, that, that, old, that one there. Is saying, hey, boy, did you see that? Did you notice? When somebody ease up to you and say, hey, did you notice? Hey, perk up real quick. And if, if, it's, you know, it's, if it's bad or something, say, well, I didn't notice. I don't want to notice it. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> now, if it's something good and something positive, something going to be able to say, I'm all in. If it's going to be gossip or something, and, 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 you know, hey, if we practice more of that. Can I say this without y'all getting? Facebook will look for folks to get on it. <laughs> if you shut down all the gossip, shut down all that kind of material stuff, my face, Facebook, a lot of that stuff, they'd be looking for folks. Instead of having so many people, it's only for billions of them and hours upon hours. Well, some of you believe it, some of you don't. You know why? It's our nature. It's that old fallen nature. They... They just going. They just it's going to be hard for them to prove to me that they can sit there for hours looking for, and it's all good. That's got their attention. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I wonder what so and so's doing. I wonder what. Did you know? 
somebody got the last day or two about something, and they didn't get word of it. And I said, you know why? You're not on Facebook. I'm just being honest right here. Most everybody thinks, you know, everybody's on Facebook, and that's how they get your news out, and you don't have to tell nobody nothing. And so they miss, they miss the wake. They miss because <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we got to be willing to guard ourselves, protect ourselves. Because I'm telling you, the adversary is looking for means and ways. And you know what? Sometimes it can just be a couple of words. Sometimes it can be a look. Have you ever went by somebody you know and it's conversation going on? And the enemy would say, oh, they're probably talking about you. Well, I can't believe they looked at me. What's our problem? You know how to respond to that a lot of times? Well, they couldn't think of a better fellow to talk about. That's the best subject I ever think about. If you start responding that way, all of a sudden, you know what? Those spirits wouldn't show up. Those voices wouldn't show up. Amen. Besides, if it was talking about it, I forgive them anyway. Then what's the devil going to do? Hey, devil, go tell him I said I forgive him. <laughs> I'm telling you, these things will work, folks. This will work. That's what helps keeps us with a sound mind and a pure heart. We got to guard our minds. We got to guard our heart. That's my responsibility. It's not yours. I'm responsible to guard this heart. I'm responsible to guard this mind. That's the reason it's so important what you set before you and what you encounter, what you ingest, amen, with your eyes and with your ears, what you allow and what you really believe. Hey, we're living in a nation today, amen. If it's something bad, we, 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 we take it both hook, sinker, and all, buddy. But something good, well, I don't know. They're probably compromising. They probably. I mean, we're just, we're, geared, we're geared that way. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get on all that, but, but here we go. So, therefore, is the king of heaven is likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And so, there's coming a moment, there's going to come an hour, there's going to come a day, amen, that we are going to have to give an account. And I'm going to bypass a lot of scriptures here. We may get to come back to someone we'll have to just see. And so when he begins to talk about uh, taking this account, we got to settle it. And the Lord's this king. There's several parables how the Lord gave us. He gave us one about the one he gave five talents, two talents, and the one talent. He gave us, you know, um, to give us an idea, a pattern of what's expected of us and what's going to be. So here he's talking about a king. We know that king would be like unto Jesus Christ or to the Almighty God. And so he's going to give an account. Account to what? What had been given to them. And what's now this account, we've got to settle the account. I mean, what's been, and so no doubt the best way to, to describe this, he's going to liken this into money. And so therefore there's the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had began to reckon, in other words, whenever he began to numerically calculate what had been loaned out and now what's expected to be brought back in amen because he had borrowed this and so when he does this which owed him 10,000 talents according to the weights of silver and gold that's somewhere around 250,000 
The Amplified puts it this way. It called it $10 million is what he had been. And so they're trying to just give an account here. But understand what really Jesus is telling us. It's an account that this guy could not pay back. It was impossible. He did not have the resources or the means or anything like to pay. And so whenever he used these terms, Peter and the disciples knew very well that Jesus had used a measure that was impossible to pay back. There would be no means whatsoever that he could pay it back. And so, but watch what the guy says. Watch when he's brought, but, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, all that he had, and payment to be made. And, and you can actually go back to Leviticus, I think it's the 19th chapter, where Israel, even a part of this, I can take you to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. There's where the little widow woman that came to the prophet. He said, hey, my, my husband's died. He was a prophet. You know he's faithful to God. Now the creditors have came, amen, to take my two sons, amen, to work off this credit, amen, to work off the, what would have been loaned out to them. And he instructs her how what you got in your house, you got the pot, and pay the debt. Okay, so we know some of this is legit, and, and so it's not just a parable. It's not something far out there, far-fetched, amen, that it's not, not a part of reality, amen. So we understanding what Jesus is trying to get across to us here, amen, then for as much then as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him for his family to be sold, his children, Amen. That payment would be made. The servant, therefore, fell down. Watch this. Watch this. Number one, he fell down. Watch the next one. And he what? He worshiped. How often throughout the scriptures we see were those that was not qualified, those it was not their time, amen, but because they worshiped Jesus, because they worshiped him as God, amen, God would reach around Calvary. God would reach around means and ways to bless them and to raise them up. And so the importance of worship, amen, is so important for us even today. People that don't want to worship God, amen, is going to show up on payday in trouble. Okay, and so he worshipped him, and this is what the Lord is telling us, saying, "Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all." Now we know we done made it clear enough to us this morning. He, he there was no way that he could pay him back, but in his own mind, and heart, and spirit, he said, "Hey, if you'll just be patient, if you'll just be what long suffering with me." And so, how often, Amen? Throughout the Scriptures, we see this happening. Uh, uh, Brother Brent, if you would give me Second Peter's three and eight, I, I should have gave this to you and I, I apologize 3 and 9 I'm sorry 2 Peter 3 and 9 I want to bring out just a few verses here about long suffering and the long suffering of God amen working with humanity uh, you know and thank God for that how many how many dads how many of you've heard people say boy if that was my boy I'd have done this if that was my girl I'd have done this and, and I've told them I said yeah but the key is they're not yours because when it's yours, you're a whole lot more long-suffering. You're more, a lot more patient because that's your babies and that's your darlings and that's rightly so. Amen. It doesn't mean that you contone with the wrongs. You're just willing, amen, to work with them and you're willing to show them long-suffering and kind and you're willing to bail them out and you're willing to help them to overcome trials and overcome situations and ensnarement. And so how much more should our heavenly Father that you and I know of tonight? And so Peter actually puts it this way when he goes to 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord 
Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should what come to repentance. He's long-suffering. His long-suffering, you, know, you watch this, if you need a measurement to get an idea of the long-suffering of our Heavenly Father, he waited 120 years on eight souls. He waited on a man by the name of Noah to build an ark. He was long-suffering in the times of Moses, of Noah, amen, to build an ark. Long-suffering of 120 years for eight souls to be saved out of this world. Don't underestimate the power of the long-suffering, amen, of our Heavenly Father. Don't underestimate the power of your long-suffering, that you've got long-suffering with a brother or with a sister, or if you've got long-suffering, amen, with a friend or a neighbor, or if you've got long-suffering with a son and a daughter, you hold on to that long-suffering. That's an ingredient from your Heavenly Father. And by that long-suffering, you can find a place of forgiveness because the reason he was long-suffering because God was always ready to forgive. He was already to show, always ready to show compassion. And we're going to go to a few scriptures tonight in Psalms and, uh, or this morning. We're going to see some of that. And so these are the characteristics that flows out of the church. These are the characteristics that flows, that flows out of disciples. And so this is what Jesus is trying to put inside of Peter and trying to put inside of his disciples. Amen. If you'll walk in these powers and teachings and instructions and doctrines. Amen. And there's another place. Uh, go to 1 Peter 3 and 20. I didn't write these down. I just kind of jotted them to the side. So we're just going to look at them a minute. 1 Peter 3 and 20. The Lord is not... Wrong one. Give him a second. He's doing a good job. Amen. It'd help I'd give it to him ahead of time. but So it's my fault. Praise God. 1 Peter's. 3.20, which sometimes was disobedient, which went along suffering, and God waited in the days of Noah, and I just mentioned that, which the ark was prepared within few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now you go to Exodus 34 and 6. We're actually going to go through 6 and 9. Exodus 34 and 6. I just want to, why? Why was this so important? Listen to the next verse where all this is coming from. He worshiped, saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee back. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. A surprise turn in this, in this Lord, in this king, the one that he owed him so much. He was moved with compassion. Why? Number one, he worshipped him. He fell on his face and he worshipped him. There's something about, the Bible says, a contrite heart and a broken spirit God will not despise. Whenever you get a real broken heart and a contrite spirit toward God, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've been involved in, I don't care how much baggage you got. When you get a broken heart and a contrite I'm telling you our Heavenly Father's waiting he'll see you before the brothers and sisters see you he'll see you before anybody else he's already there working who do you think was at the hog pen when that prodigal son came to himself and come to the realization at my father's house at my father's house amen my servants his servants has got more than what I've got out here I'm telling you something about the compassion of God and we need some good old fashioned compassion back in America we need some good old fashioned compassion back in the church because it's his compassion amen that's a root amen of forgiveness and with the power of compassion and true forgiveness honey I tell you have revival that'll blow you away you have a move of God and the power of God there's an authority that comes with the forgiveness I tell you money can't buy this I tell you the only thing is to put it in our hearts to put it in our minds to put it in, and be ready to do it but I'm telling you something about true forgiveness there's a lot of battles that would never take place a lot of struggles that never take place. 
unless we had true forgiveness. Oh, my. Exodus 34, 6 and 9. I still want to go there. I move on to the next one. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Not a lord, not a king, but a fellow servant. One of his own fellow servant. He found. <laughs> which he owed him a hundred pence, which many believe is like a Roman's pennies, which was about $20. $20. Now, I just told you about how much they thought it would be worth about $10 million. I mean, he'd just been wiped cleaned of a debt of $10 million. Well, I'm glad I don't have a debt of $10 million. I'm glad I don't have a debt of, a, of $1 million. Especially <laughs> in the physical. But watch this. We've all had a debt of 10 million when it comes to God. We all had a debt that we could not pay. We could not save ourselves. Everybody's got to have a Savior. If you're going to get out of Egypt, if you're going to get out of the world, everybody's got to have a lamb. Everybody's got to apply the blood. Everybody's got to have a Moses. He's got to have a shepherd. He's got to have the voice of God. Amen. To bring out into their lives. And that has not changed. I know the church. I know the times that we're living. And church, the church itself, has been beaten and battered from one side to the other. But you and I both know. Without a church, we'd be lost and undone. Without a place to come together to get our heads on right sometimes. Without a place to come together and feel the love and compassion and encouragement from one another. Because we're in this thing together. Amen. To finish the journey and to finish this fight. In Exodus 34 and 6, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord... The Lord God, merciful and gracious. Now this is to Moses. He's passing by. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Just listen how he describes him. Keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. That will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. And upon the children's children. Unto... The third and the fourth generation. The guilty now. The guilty. But those that's willing to confess. Those that's willing to turn. Those that's willing to fall on the ground. Those that's willing to worship. Those that come to that realization understanding. I need God. And Moses made haste. And bowed his head toward the earth. And worshipped. <laughs> One more. And he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. We've got to have him. You've got to have God, folks. We've got to have the Holy Ghost. And now it's more than just on a Sunday morning. 
We got to have him every day of our lives. We got to have that voice. We got to have that, that, that companionship, that relationship, that presence that will go with us every day. For if it, a, a stiff necked people and pardon our iniquities and our sin and take us for thy inheritance. Nehemiah gave us an example. Ezra gave us an example about repenting and turning and how we come up short and how we failed. Uh, Brother Ford mentioned about praying for, the, for our leadership of our nation today. One of the best things that you and Paul encouraged us to do this. Amen. You know, everybody can run them down. But you know what? Is everybody going to pray for them? What would really happen if everybody in this nation would got on their faces and start praying out to God? Saying, God, have mercy upon us. Have compassion upon us. We need your help our forefathers God amen the leaders of this country God we're going to pray down the powers of your kingdom the powers of your grace and mercy and your long suffering and, and kindness to move Hallelujah. that's where it's really all at amen could it be that's what God's waiting on it for so many of us and so as you watch this parable as it begins to unfold and now we come to the place and I done read the next verse and now he has found a fellow, a fellow servant and he falls upon him and his fellow servant owed him 20 now watch this fellow servant. He fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. He's using the same approach. He's using the same manner unto him. But watch him. He has no compassion. His fellow servant, to falling down, he said, He would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was, what was, what was done, what the action he took. Now notice the fellow servants. Now here's how all this really begins to work together. And I know I got, got just a few minutes here, but watch them. That's as reading is so important. Our conduct, our actions, what we say. Amen. If we're willing to forgive or not. This is the witnessing point. This is a powerful uh, example unto the world around us. Amen. Because you know what? This is a place they need to come. I tell you what, there's a church you can go right down the road down there. That bunch right there, they, they know how to forgive. Not only because, you know what? Because they've experienced forgiveness. Amen. Because we've experienced forgiveness and we understand how much we have been forgiven given of and not just in the past but in the present and also in the future our God can cover it if we're willing to confess because John's writing to a people a believing people if the sin sin we've all sinned if any man says he hadn't sinned he's a liar <laughs> these are the words of John and he wasn't talking he's talking to Holy Ghost filled people okay I know a lot of people think well they think well we don't think nothing we're in earthen vessels we hear about the mercy and grace and compassion of God and you know what? I want to show the same thing to others. This is a place that you can find forgiveness. This is a place you can find a new creation. This is a place you can find a new beginning. This is a place, amen, that you can put things under the blood. You can put the things in the sea of forgiveness. This is a place that you can come, amen, that something that may have been there for five years or ten years or twenty years or fifty years. But this is a place, amen, you can come and get, and get put it in a place that it won't, won't, won't control you, won't dictate. It won't weigh you down any longer. Amen. Even Jesus Christ looked upon that little woman for 18 years now. Now she's at the point because of demonic forces and powers it's on her life. The Bible says she's bowed over. She cannot pick herself up. She's looking straight down. And over an 18 year period, she probably didn't happen overnight. This is probably a process. And I don't know what brought that on, but we know it's from, from demonic forces and powers that had got a hold of this daughter and had her bowed over. But instantly amen, Jesus set her free. I'm going to tell you something. There's something about the power of forgiveness from God and from us. Amen. That can flow in this house. That'll lift burdens and heartaches 
aches and troubles that all the medicine in the world can't do it. All the psychiatrists in the world can't do it. But I tell you one visitation in the house of God in the presence of the Lord. All of a sudden those burdens begin to, to roll off. All of a sudden the scales begin to draw off. Amen. How in the world do you think Paul, amen, that once was Saul that persecuted the church. How in the world do you think he was able to continue on and be the witness and the powerful witness God had. He knew God had forgave him. He knew he'd done it in ignorance but he knew that God had forgave him. That's the reason, amen, when they tried to stone him he was willing to forgive them. Whenever they left him out in the perilous times he was willing to forgive them. When they didn't want to take the right hand of fellowship he was willing to forgive them because he knew how much he had been forgiven of. I'm telling you something about the power of forgiveness. It's one of the most powerful tools that he's ever gave to humanity. He's ever gave to the church. I'm telling you if there's the power of that tool amen, to activate in our country today it would turn our nation around. All these, all these racist mess, all this other mess going, it would put a halt to every bit of it. I'm not going to harbor it. I'm not going to hold it. No. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to ask God to erase it out of my mind. Erase it out of my heart. Amen. I'm not going to put it in some closet at some convenient day. <laughs> Go back there and open that thing back up. I knew the day would come. What's that telling us? You might as well be keeping account. 385. Boy, he's getting there. Praise God. God loves us this morning, church. He really loves us. So he moves on. He says, When the fellow servants saw what had been done, the Bible says they were very sorry. And came a told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt, because thou desirest me to. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It was something that you desired. How many wants to be forgiven? Especially by our Heavenly Father. How many of us want our Heavenly Father to be willing to forgive us? How many of us want to be quickly to forgive us? Not to let His wrath and His anger to linger. And so that's the same trait He wants us to walk in. Think about it. Ponder that. And that's true. It doesn't matter if it's a family member or a stranger. Somebody you work with, whatever. He, he, he doesn't address some of that with the neighbor part. And so we can see where he just constantly works on the disciples. Doctrine after doctrine. But in the Lord's prayer, amen, is where we really begin to understand the importance, amen, of this, of this unfolding and taking place. Because it's in the Lord's Prayer that He had taught us how to pray. To forgive, our, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. If I'm unwilling and refuse to forgive, you know what? I just shut the doors of heaven from God forgiving me. And without forgiveness, none of us is going to make it. 
There's got to be forgiveness. I want you to really hear that this morning. When you go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, I mentioned the twelfth verse. But look at the fourteenth and fifteenth verse. In fact, if you want to put them on there, uh, Matthew 6, 14, and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. It's important. In fact, eternity is on the hinges of forgiveness. It doesn't matter if it's a parent, son, daughter, neighbor. You just, you just have the list. Right on to the enemy. Forgiveness is the hinges of heaven. Or of your heavenly father forgiven you or not. I want to forgive. How about you? Before we change this order. And they're coming in. And I'm, I'm going to turn it. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of this. But before we do that. I want us to just take a moment. Let's just pray. Let's ask God to help us. I, I want to have a forgiving spirit. How about you? I want God to work on mine. I want God to help me. I want to be ready to do it and do it and mean it. I, I, I don't want it just to be, you know, words. I want it to be actions, you know. Uh, I, I thought about something yesterday. Someone was talking about, you know, food you eat. And some, uh, they're they're going to, uh, you know, they probably won't like it. And they're probably going to say something about it. And, but they'll probably eat all of it. And the scripture came to me. I said, yeah, see, God, he, he, you know, he judges by, by, not by words, but by actions. And so the actions always outweighs the words. So we can complain about it all we want to, but if we gobble it all up, the action said you liked a lot better than what you're saying. <laughs> okay? So the actions, amen, is a real judgment. And so I want my actions to show that I'm willing and ready to forgive and do it. Amen. This is a part, this is a trait. How many would want to walk in? Let me, it's Father's Day. How many want to walk in the likeness and the image of your father? There were some traits about your earthly father that you really want to example. You know, you walk in that. You know, if somebody walked up to you and said, Man, you, 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 you look just like your dad, or you're the spitting image. Boy, you say, how many of you ever see, seen somebody and they come in and you've never met them before? I had a young gentleman come to the hardware store the other day and, and uh, I, 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 I wasn't sure who he was, but when he talked to me, I said, Man, that reminds me of a, a Ricky Hawthorne who, who had reminded me of him. And so he kept on there trying to come find out it's Joey's grandson, which he married Ricky Hawthorne's sister. And, uh, and so I asked him, I said, Are you a Hawthorne? He said, No, I ain't no Hawthorne. I'm a Dixon. I said, Okay. But hey, when he got, and I got to put it all together, no wonder, because his actions and the way he carries himself he reminds me of so much of him 30 years ago and so so that image or a likeness how many of us want to be the image like maybe of our heavenly father some something but how much more of our heavenly father amen we want to see some image and likeness amen we don't want just have a title wear it around our neck that we're a Christian no because we can wear the titles and we can put the bumper stickers on our vehicles and all that and you know still blow at people and make them number one and that sticker don't mean a whole lot 
<laughs> that Snickers false advertisement. Amen. Actions is where it comes from. So let's pray. Let's pray. You can just be seated. You can be all right. They coming in. And let's just take a moment. Let's pray. God, we want to take on the actions of forgiveness. We want to take on the action. Not the words. We want to take on the action. God, I ask you to just look down for the heavens upon us here this morning as our Heavenly Father to help each and every one of us to allow that power and ability, that tool that you blessed us with, with forgiveness, God, that we would be ready, but not only re ready, but willing, God, to, to forgive, God, to put things under our feet, to put things, push them away by the love of God, by the touch of God, as you help us, God, to forgive every trespasser that's against us, that's against you. You'd help us, God. We would make true confession against you, God. Every trespass that we made against you, we want forgiveness, but we would practice this with our brothers, our sisters, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, our enemy. God, we just asking you to help us to be a witness, amen, of the power of forgiveness that would just take a hold of our hearts, to take a hold of our minds and our spirits. You'd wash us and cleanse us this morning, God, taking all that power of iniquity and that power of regret out of our hearts and minds that we wouldn't be burdened down, but the power of the Spirit and the Spirit of forgiveness would captivate our minds, would captivate our hearts, take on the throne seat of our hearts, our minds, our actions, because we want to serve you. We want to walk in your kindness and image. We want to give you the glory and the praise and honor here this morning as we ask it and ask it in no other name but in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. God bless you this morning. Hopefully something's been said today, amen, on this topic. Amen. It's Father's Day, and but what a beautiful day to take this because of the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father that you and I have experienced. And, and if we haven't, we can. It's up to you and I as an individual to make up in our minds and to make up in our spirit, amen, that I want my Heavenly Father to forgive me. I want to fall down and worship Him and call on Him and let the powers of His promise and love and spirit, you know, to take up a bold into our spirits and take up a bold into our hearts because we love Him so much today and appreciate Him so much today. But at this time is the youth and the children are gathering in, amen, we're going to start to Amen. They're going to start giving the Slim Gems. And thank you again. I haven't heard the account, but, but I looked in my office this morning. It looked pretty good. Amen. I think we're in competitive resources of, our, of the wives. And I say that with a giving spirit. And <laughs> Just picking with you. I really am. Amen. Hallelujah. But but I don't know if we won or not, but you know what? It's just fun. And we, we, we really enjoy this. And it's an opportunity to just show some kindness to our earthly fathers, our earthly mothers. We appreciate them so much. So they're going to be handing these out this morning. And let me say even ahead of time here, thank you. Thank you for your response. And because it was kind of a quick notice and time just seems to slip by. Man, time is just don't wait on anybody. And this year's about half over already. And uh, man, before we know it, we're going to be back at Christmas and that end of the year. And my goodness, we're doing everything we can to slow it down. But it seems like everything we're doing speeding it up. And uh, But so again, let me say, we appreciate you, each and every one of you, coming and just to be a part of this and part of this service this morning. Praise God. God bless you. Fixed to, I can't. No, let's see if I can.
Well, we got it. Uh, so, sorry, mothers, the dads outdid y'all this year. We. <laughs> that is exactly right. So we sold four thousand five hundred and sixty. Uh, and the easiest thing that about that is, is because I was able to, you know, text a couple of families and get some battles started yesterday. Because we had Sam's, and you can go to Sam's and pick up the Slim Jim. So I was like, I was all in at Madison, was kind of little, oh my gosh, what are they doing? I said, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I, we sold over a thousand on the last day. So, <laughs> all right, so the boys, y'all can come up here with the three top baskets for this year. We done good. Whew. That's a running around trying to get all these baskets just right. Okay, there's some different men's. All right. So third place this year is going to Matt Ford. You got 550 to eat, brother. <laughs> Second place is going to Troy Ford at 620. <laughs> and of course, she couldn't let her husband outdo her. The number one father for this year is Buddy Ford at 680. <laughs> so I had to throw some new tricks out there. I figured I'd give you a basket that had a lot in it, so it kind of throw you off. So we're definitely thankful. Um, you're looking at almost... Anywhere from about 80% profit we make off of this. So this is definitely helpful, grateful. I mean, it's not cheap to run a church. I could tell you the numbers of what it costs monthly, but I'm not going to stress y'all out about it. But this is, we're definitely thankful for this. And we, uh, we might do like a mid-Mother's Day, a mid-Father's Day. We might try to do this monthly. You never know. Hey, did y'all want to take a picture before they leave? We got time. Hey, y'all, hold up. Let them, if some of you want to come take a picture, come take it. I normally, normally do this at last, and we kind of, you know how it is. Give them a good hand. Give a better one to the wives. <laughs> All right. Got a few, couple of cards here. Amen. To the oldest. Oh, numbers. Everybody, everybody get, all the fathers get a number. 
Tell the fathers to get a number. Don't want to miss no one. Everybody got a number. Good deal. All right. The oldest today, uh, anybody got an idea who may be the oldest here today? <laughs> All right, Brother Ford, 91. You want me to bring it to you or you want to come up and get it? I can bring it to you. All them numbers out there. All right, everybody got a number, right? You got four of them. Number seven. Look at him. All right. Yes. Fifteen. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Let's give all the fathers a good hand clap this morning. God bless each one of you. Hey, we love and appreciate you. We're so thankful. Let's stand together. We thank you this morning. For your goodness, your kindness, and giving. Let me, as the pastor of this church, thank you for your faithfulness of a whole year. You know, y'all bless us in so many ways, tithing, offerings, and, and the prayers. And, hey, we thank you. And we don't take it for granted. Appreciate it so much. Let me make this announcement. No service tonight. You got the rest of the evening off. Spend some time with your family. Spend some good time. Hey, you, when today's gone, it's gone. You can't get it back. Now, you, can, you may get money back. You may get health back. You may get a lot of other things. You can, you know, you can lose it, maybe get it. But time, you cannot. And so take some time with your family. Spend some good quality time with them. Who knows what tomorrow holds except the Lord. So make it good. Let's make it good for one another. Love you. Appreciate you.
gifts on the, in the back on the table to the right for all the fathers. If you haven't got one, please go by and get one. All right? Love you. Appreciate you. Don't forget the youth will be leaving in the morning at 5 o'clock here from the church. All the senior camps will be leaving in the morning at 5 o'clock. All right? Let's pray for them. Let's pray they have a good, good week. Got some great speakers. And, hey, we're just believing some great things for them. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.